Well, good morning. We're going to begin by reading a few verses from the Bible uh, in John's Gospel, chapter 15. It's words of Jesus. From verse 26, he says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And then later down in chapter 16, from verse 7, we read, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is for me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Amen. Now I want to begin by taking you back uh, two years to uh, a week or so before release 2022. That's when Nick asked me if I would speak at release 2024 today. Now, Nick told me the subject I'd be speaking on. I was very pleased with the subject. In fact, I'd heard someone speak on this subject just a year or so before, and I just really enjoyed what they had to say. And, and I was very comfortable with the subject that Nick gave me. And so for a whole year, I was thinking about my presentation today, about the subject that Nick had given me. Now, fast forward from release 2022 to just before release 2023. That's a year ago. And we were having a prayer meeting. And at the end of the prayer meeting, as we were leaving, Nick made some comment to me about the fact that, oh, Ian, you'll be speaking next year at release 2024. I said, that's right, Nick. And then he mentioned the subject I was to speak on, the Holy Spirit. It was a completely different subject. <laughs> from the subject he'd given me a year before. And not only was it a completely different subject, he'd given me a subject that was so far outside my comfort zone that it's lost out of sight over the horizon. Guys, I want to tell you, I, I drove home for that prayer meeting that evening, and I'm not sure how to describe how I felt. I think gutted might come close. To speak on the Holy Spirit is a subject I absolutely would not have chosen for myself to speak on today. But you know, as I thought about it, over the next few days after that prayer meeting, the more and more challenged I became. Why did I feel so uncomfortable speaking about the Holy Spirit? Why was it a subject that I really did not want to speak on? 
And I came to the realization, guys, it's this, that despite being a Christian for about 50 years, my relationship with the Holy Spirit was incredibly weak. It was a relationship that needed to grow, that needed to develop. And I wanted to get to know the Holy Spirit in a way I'd never known before. Now, right now, you're probably thinking, is this real? We've got a speaker this morning who doesn't know a subject. <laughs> and you know, by the time I finish, that thought might well be confirmed. <laughs> but I suspect I'm like many here today. Dare I say it, I'm like many churches today. We don't know the Holy Spirit in the way that we should. And our relationship with the Holy Spirit needs to be much, much stronger. And by strengthening that relationship, we will experience the incredible blessings that can be enjoyed and the power that can be released from relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so the subject I was given for today, eventually is explain what it means to live a spirit-filled life and the fruit we can expect to see. And I'm seriously grateful that Nick changed the subject. I'm sure under the Lord's direction, because the subject that we're dealing today is not Nick's subject. The subject we're dealing today is from the Lord, because he wants us to hear something we already heard this morning. We've been blessed by what Paul said, and he wants us to hear so much about the Holy Spirit today. And so I want to be incredibly simple. I want to be very practical in what I share today. This session isn't for learned scholars of the Bible. This is for those here who feel that they are struggling maybe in their relationship with the Holy Spirit and they want to see that relationship develop. And so Galatians teaches us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, we can quote these words so easily. And of course, they are the truth of Scripture. But there is so much more to experience as we learn from other Scriptures when it comes to living a Spirit-filled life. Do you know, my heart, my prayer today, and I can say the prayer for those who've been involved in organizing this conference, the fruit that we believe that God wants for this conference is to see men released in the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and transform this world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we want to see today. That's what we want to see from this conference. And so let's begin by considering our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Have you got a close relationship with the Holy Spirit? How do we measure that? Now let me ask, when was the last time you spoke to the Holy Spirit? <laughs> like you would to a close friend. I've already said I personally felt my relationship was incredibly weak. But in preparing for today, over the past year, I've been speaking to the Holy Spirit every day, trying to listen much more carefully to what he has got to say to me. And, and I guess it's an obvious thing to do. If you want to get to know someone, you've got to communicate with them, haven't you? You need to spend time with them, mustn't you? 
So if we want to get to know the Holy Spirit better, we must communicate with the Holy Spirit. We must spend time with the Holy Spirit. We must listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. You know, this isn't difficult. Sometimes maybe speakers can make the relationship with the Holy Spirit seem complicated. Maybe even a bit weird at times. It isn't. It's simple. If it was anything other than simple, I couldn't speak about it today. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. Remember that. He isn't just some influence on our lives. He wants to communicate with us. He wants relationship with us. The Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is eternal. The Holy Spirit is holy. Yes, I've said approach him as a friend, but always, always with reverence and always with respect because we remember that he is God. And the Holy Spirit has emotions. We can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. It teaches that in Ephesians. See, when Jesus returned to his Father in heaven, he asked the Father to send someone else to be with us. And that someone else is the Holy Spirit. And incredibly, as we read from the passage, Jesus said it was better for him to go away. He said, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It was better that Jesus went. Because from having the physical presence of Jesus, the disciples had the supernatural presence of God. And that's the same presence that's with us today. We have intimacy. We have closeness with God through the Holy Spirit. Guys, you and I are known by God. God knows each one of us. And we read in Galatians, but now that you know God, or rather are known by God. God says to you and me today, I know you, I love you, you are my son. You know, whatever you might be going through in life today, remember that God loves you. And God has only the best in mind for you. And God knows the end from the beginning of all your circumstances. Because he cares for you, he loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave his son to die for you on the cross. That's the God we serve. We read in Romans, Paul says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you are a child of God. You are set free. You're God's son. You're no longer a slave to sin. You've been set free to live life in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let's ensure that we don't get distracted in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let's ensure we don't get distracted from working at that relationship. We've got to be intentional in developing that relationship if we want to live a spirit-filled life. You don't lose weight without a diet. You don't get fit without exercise. We must be intentional in developing our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And a spirit-filled life that begins with intimacy with God. That's where it begins. 
I believe it's personal and I believe it's private. That's where relationship with the Holy Spirit begins. It begins in our quiet times. It begins in our relationship with the Lord. Relationship with the Holy Spirit doesn't begin in church. I don't believe it begins in Christian service. It begins in secret. It begins in our quiet times. And guys, I want to say this. If you're not spending time daily reading the Bible and daily in prayer, you are not serious about a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just think about that today. Have you spent time today in prayer? Have you spent time today reading the Word of God? Guys, we need to do these things if we're going to be serious about relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because as we spend time in prayer, as we spend time reading the Word, God reveals himself to us. He loves to answer our prayers. He loves to communicate with us. And as that relationship is developed, it will impact every aspect of our lives to the extension of God's kingdom and to his praise and glory. Your God wants us men to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for his service to his glory. We want to turn, turn this world upside down with the gospel of Jesus. We want to make a difference. We want to see this world transformed with the power of the gospel. Lives being transformed, lives being changed as they come under the sound of the gospel and of sins washed in the precious blood of Jesus. Do you know, I'm convinced that the early church, as we read in the book of Acts, and even later in the church history, they knew far less about the theory of and the teaching on the Holy Spirit than we do today. But they experienced the Holy Spirit in an incredibly powerful way as he worked in and through their lives. And guys, we're living in days when we need to see a fresh release of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the church today. We want to see that. We need to see that. You know, and as we see the mess the world is in. What a mess this world is in, guys. You look out today and you see war, you see strife, you see political upheaval, you see economic upheaval. As we see the mess that the world is in today, and dare I say it, the confusion in the church today, where people look on, seem to wonder what the church stands for and what we believe anymore, because there's so much confusion. I believe that God, in the midst of all these things, wants us men to experience a fresh and new revelation of the Holy Spirit, to be awakened to the responsibility of headship that the Bible gives us men and give expression to that as we stand boldly on the truth of the word of God and proclaim the gospel to this world that is literally going to hell. That's where it's heading. I say that on the basis of the word of God. And God wants men like you and me to be spirit-filled, abandoned to whatever the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Oh, I wish I could be more enthusiastic about these things, don't you? <laughs> you know, to quote that well-known song, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. That's what God wants. That's the Christianity that God wants for us. You see, if our Christianity is simply that we want to lead a reasonably good life, attend church once a week on Sunday morning, try and do some good works, give something to charity, why do we need the Holy Spirit? 
I know people that are not Christians that do these things. You know, men, we want to live lives that cannot be explained without the Holy Spirit. That people look at our lives and know that we could not do what we're doing in our own strength and in our own power. That's what we want. I came across a a quote in a a, a while back now. I read this and I wrote it down because I thought this just summarizes the Holy Spirit so well. It says, God wants us to live in a way that doesn't make sense from this world's perspective. (laughs) Let me repeat that. God wants us to live in a way that doesn't make sense from this world's perspective. And God doesn't want to help us a little bit. He wants to completely transform us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Use us in the service. So let that be a prayer from today, that God will use us to make a difference in our communities, our workplaces, and in the lives of others, that we will see our communities transformed in the power of of the Holy Spirit. So, so just how then then will living a spirit-filled life show itself in us? And that's part of the subject for this session. What fruit should we expect to see? How will it be demonstrated in our lives? How will a spirit-filled life be demonstrated in our lives? What should be seen? And I I think there are many answers to that question. But I just want to share four things that I feel that the Lord has has particularly placed upon my heart for today. Four things. Firstly, living a spirit-filled life, we will endeavor, we will develop a greater love for the Bible, the Word of God. Living a spirit-filled life, and I was so pleased that Paul touched on this earlier, Living a spirit-filled life, we will endeavor to live a life of personal holiness. Living a spirit-filled life, we will be better equipped to share our faith with others. And living a spirit-filled life, we will be willing to submit to serving the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to touch on these four things very simply. Firstly, if we are living a spirit-filled life, we will develop a greater love for the Bible, God's Word. Guys, I want to ask you, do you love the Bible? Is it a precious book to you? Amen. I've visited some countries in the past year where people are desperate to have a Bible, even at the risk of their lives. Yet in this country, sometimes we can be so casual about the ready access we have to the Word of God. Do you know, I always find it incredible that the Holy Spirit gives us the words we need from the Bible for whatever circumstances we're facing, just when we need them. And and that reminds me, and I just want to share a very simple thought here, guys. It reminds me of advice I was given from a dear old Christian brother when I was about 12 years old. I remember it as though it was yesterday. And he quoted the words of the Lord Jesus from John 14, and and these are what Jesus says. He says, These things I have said to you, abiding with you, but the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all the things which I have said to you. Now, I remember that dear old brother, and he encouraged me to read the Bible from start to finish. 
And he said to me, he says, Ian, he says, in order for the Holy Spirit to bring things to your remembrance, you have to have read them in the first place. Now, that's just plain common sense, isn't it? You know, how can you remember something you didn't know in the first place? Imagine going into an exam and trying to answer questions on something you've never read or never studied. And so I began to read the Bible, I think when I was 12 years old, chapter by chapter, beginning at Genesis chapter 1, when I was in my early teens. And I, I finished it, I think it was a few years later, I think I'd left school by the time I'd finished that first read through the Bible. But you know, I've proved that advice that I was given time and time again in my life. When the words that I've read have been brought to my mind by the Holy Spirit just when they were needed. See, I don't have great biblical knowledge, but I don't need great biblical knowledge because the Holy Spirit has great biblical knowledge. And he brings to my remembrance the words that I need exactly when I need them. And you know, I always find it desperately sad when I hear some Christians and they say they don't read the Old Testament much or they miss out certain parts of the Bible because they seem too complicated. Please don't miss out any books in the Bible. And you'll find... Guys, you'll find this, that as you read what might seem the most obscure and complicated parts of the Bible, you will find such incredible treasure there. Because the Holy Spirit will reveal to you incredible teaching from parts of the Bible that otherwise you might be tempted to skip over. And so here's a challenge. If you've never done it before, and maybe you all have, but if you've never done it before, set yourself a task of reading the Bible all the way through. See, the power of the Bible is this, that when we open it, the author shows up. You know, this is the only book in the world that when you open it, the author shows up. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, can you imagine a student in a university or whatever and, and, and going to the bookshelf and picking out a book and, and opening it and thinking, this is so complicated, I just really don't understand this. And, and they feel a tap on their shoulder and they turn around and there's somebody standing there and the person goes, can I help? I wrote that book. <laughs> you see, that's what happens when we open the Bible. The author shows up and the Holy Spirit loves to reveal the things of God to us from this book. Guys, make the Bible your standard in life. Not the teaching of any preacher, not the customs of any church, Make the Bible your standard in life and test everything you hear, everything I've said today, everything Paul said and what Ken will share and what others might share today. Test it all by the word of God. Test it by the scriptures. Do you remember when Jesus was tested by Satan, the devil? He defeated the enemy by what? By quoting the word of God. He said, it is written. Jesus didn't say what was culturally acceptable. He didn't try and make the Bible fit his own personal thoughts. He quoted the Bible. He stood on the word of God. And in the day in which we live, guys, we need more men to stand on the Bible and preach the word of God, whatever the consequences. Whatever the consequences. And we're, gonna, we're living in times where we're going to be challenged in that. More and more. And we need to be prepared to stand with strength and courage on the word of God and preach it faithfully and speak it and share it faithfully. And so if we're living a spiritual life, secondly, we will endeavor to live a life of personal holiness. Paul touched on this earlier. I was delighted to hear him 
touch on holiness. So I want to say a word about the subject of holiness, personal holiness. A subject that perhaps we don't think enough about. Maybe we don't hear enough about it. And we read in Peter's epistle, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. You know, we hear much about the love of God and rightly so. But I'm not sure we hear as much as we should about the holiness of God. In fact, we read in Hebrews, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And you know something? The enemy is always there seeking to tempt us and turn us away from living a life of personal holiness. Any golfers here today? Oh, we've got, we've got one or two here. Got, yeah, yeah, got some I know that's not admitting that they're golfers, but we have got some golfers here today. You know, I play golf, not very well. And guys, the golfers will particularly understand this, but when I've hit my ball into the rough or into the water for the umpteenth time, there's words that come into my mind and sometimes come out of my mouth that should not be spoken. And that's just the enemy. The enemy's there. The enemy is there trying to destroy our personal holiness. That's a really simple example. But see, men, I think there might be times that we might be inclined to use certain slang language. We might be inclined to tell certain jokes, maybe behave in a certain way. And we might do that because we think that's how we'll get near to other men. Guys, it isn't. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit does not need that help. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us to live lives of personal holiness, to show by our example that we lead a different and live a different life according to the standard in God's word. Let's not hinder the Holy Spirit. Let's show that we live a life according to what God has set out in his word. And linked to holiness is that we're to honor God with our bodies. That's part of personal holiness. If we're living a spirit-filled life, we will honor God with our bodies. As Paul warns the Corinthians, he says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Our bodies are to honor God. Living a spiritful life, we will honor God with our bodies. You know, what we say, what we look at, what we hear, where we go, we are to honor God with our bodies. We need to be aware of these things, to be on our guard against the enemy if we're going to be effective in serving God. And so, guys, I want to suggest that we help each other to be the men God wants us to be. You know, let's be prepared to challenge each other and be challenged. Let's be men who don't take the huff and sulk when we're corrected by another brother. Let's be men who are prepared to be honest with each other and to support each other and challenge each other. 
It says in Proverbs, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Guys, we've that responsibility to each other as men, to sharpen each other, to advise each other, to challenge each other. I just hope, I, I, I'm sure I've got men that are around me in the church who, who love me in the Lord, and, and, and I hope and I pray that they feel able to challenge me if they see or hear or think I'm behaving in a way that's not according to God's word. And I hope these are men that I can equally, I can challenge them. We need that, guys. We need to sharpen each other. Because when we submit to the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit, he helps us to be more holy. We need to become like Christ in his holiness and like Christ in his love. And as we strive for holiness, not perfection, we won't be perfect this side of eternity. But as we strive for holiness, I think we will see a release of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Men, let's strive for personal holiness. And so I want to close with two specific challenges this morning, this afternoon now. Firstly, if we are living a spirit-filled life, we'll be better equipped and prepared to share our faith with others, to tell others about Jesus. See, the vast majority of people in this country will never enter a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church. They will never hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus unless we tell them. There are people that we come across, maybe on a daily basis, that will never hear the gospel unless they hear it from us. And so we've been given that responsibility by God. And so I believe that if we're living a spirit-filled life, we will be better equipped to share our faith and to share a word of witness with others. Guys, just think about this. When was the last time that you had an intentional conversation with someone about Jesus? Just think about that. When was the last time that you had an intentional conversation with someone about Jesus? I'm not sure I find it easy to remember. Do you find it easy to share your faith with others? To tell someone about Jesus? I don't find it easy. But we need to be strong. We need to be bold. We need courage to share the gospel. Guys, we need to be men who go out there and share the gospel with others. Be willing to do that. See, before he ascended into heaven, Jesus said to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And see, as you develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit, as you step out in faith, and begin a conversation with someone about Jesus, you will find that the Holy Spirit will come in and give you the words for that conversation. But you need to take the first step. That's what I find. I often carry a little testament in my pocket, uh, and, and I find that as I take it out and I give it to someone or, or share with someone, the Holy Spirit gives me the words at that point in time. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't put his hand in his pocket and take out the testament for me. He asks me to do that, and then he gives me the right words. And I just find that's how it works. As we take that first step, the Holy Spirit comes in. And not only does he give us the right words, I find, in, and certainly in my experience, that you will find the Holy Spirit will begin to point out to you people that he wants you to speak to. And people that he wants you to share the gospel with. He gives us the power to be 
God's witnesses. And there's something today that I just wanted to, to, to offer to you. Uh, in the good news for everyone, stand over there. You, there's a little booklet there. It's called Explore. And it's just recently published. And the intention of this booklet is that someone can pick it up that knows nothing at all about the Christian faith and it will explain them what they need to know about what Christians believe. It will take them through the entire Gospel of Luke and it will invite them to make a commitment to Jesus. It's done in quite a colorful way. There's some good questions and there's a bit of pictorial journey through the Christian faith. And I just feel that today there is such an opportunity here for us to go out there and share the gospel with others. And so what I want to, I'd really want to ask and challenge us all today that before you leave today, there's loads of these booklets over there and if you need a load more for your church or whatever, just let us know. I would like us all to take one each. Take at least one each and do this. Say, Lord, who do you want me to give that booklet to? Now, if you're here and you're not a Christian, my prayer is that you will read that and you will come to know Jesus. But if you're already a Christian, guys, we want this conference not just to be another conference. We want things to happen as a result of today. So if you just think 150, 170 men here today, if we all go out and, 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 and give that to somebody and pray that the Lord will open their eyes in the power of the Holy Spirit, what a result we could see from this time today. Next year, we'll have a bigger hall, Nick. We will need that. Uh, but guys, do that. So before you go today, just get to the stand there. Get one of these or two or quite a few hundred there and take them away and give them to somebody. Because I just, just believe that we need to be more intentional in speaking to others about Jesus. And finally, if we are living a spirit-filled life, we'll be willing to submit to serving the Lord. Guys, I want us to ask us all a question here. Are you willing to commit to leading a life that's going to make a difference for God's kingdom? A sacrificial life. Are you willing to be completely open and abandoned to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to do that? Don't say that casually. Because you know, when you say that to the Holy Spirit, he will come in and he transform your life and turn it upside down for his service. See, as we surrender to the Holy Spirit, we will see amazing things happen in the power of God. You know, think of Jesus when he was here and all the miracles he did. Before he returned to heaven, Jesus told his disciples this. He says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus said to his disciples, you will be clothed with power from on high. And guys, that power is still available today. It's the same power that Jesus gave and promised his disciples is the same power that we have in our lives today. The power of the Holy Spirit of God. The greatest power in the world today that we can access as brothers in Christ is the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So ask yourself right now, are you willing to release control of your life to the leading and empowering of the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to be used, listen to this guys, just listen to this, are you willing to be used by the Holy Spirit in God's service however he wants to use you? Are you willing for that?
Don't say yes unless you're prepared for your life to potentially be turned upside down. I mean that, guys. We want to be challenged today, but we don't want to take these challenges lightly or casually. You know, 20 years ago, I said something similar to the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. I said I was willing to do whatever he wanted me to do, providing he made it so clear to me that I would have no doubts whatsoever. Do you know something? I thought God never makes things that clear, but I'll tell you he does. And he turned the lives, my life and the life of my family upsides down. He took us to a different country. He changed my job, a whole load of things. Because I said, Lord, I'm willing to go. And so guys, don't say you're willing to go today unless you really mean it. Unless you're really prepared for what he can do. I tell you what, it's exciting. <laughs> Serving God is exciting. But you know, he can turn your life upside down for his service. So you might be here today and you might be completely comfortable in your life and things going well and you're well settled where you are and all of these sort of things. And that's fantastic. But if you say to God today, I am willing to do whatever you want me to do, then in the coming days, he could completely transform your life and he could send you to another part of the world to serve him. You know, that's what God will do for those who are willing to serve him. And so I want to ask the question, guys, are you prepared for that? Are you prepared to say to the Lord today, Lord, I'm willing to serve you whatever you want me to do? I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to ask all of us to do that. Just as you sit, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Now, think of what I've said here. Because God, when God, what God sees is he's looking upon this room today. Guys, you might look at your life and you might think you're a bit messed up and you've got all these worries and stresses and all the rest of it. You might think you've let God down so many times you're not worthy. If that's you, you're in good company. You might think, I'm not sure that God could use me. That's how you might look upon yourself today. Do you know how God looks upon this group of men today? God looks upon it and he sees potential. That's what God sees today. He sees men who are willing to be sold out for Jesus. He sees men that are willing to stand on the word of God and preach it, whatever the consequences. He sees men that are willing to be abandoned to the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, guys, I'm going to ask you to do this. With your eyes closed, please just everybody keep their eyes closed. This is a matter between you and God, and it's not for any exhibition or anything like that. It's just a matter between you and God. I want to ask you, if you are willing to say to the Lord right now, take me and use me however you want to use me, he will answer that prayer maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year, but he will answer it. So if you're willing to say to the Lord today, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do, providing you make it so clear to me, I want you to quietly, with your eyes closed, just stand where you are. If you're willing to do that, don't take this lightly, guys, because this is not a light matter. Let's pray. 
Our Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that you are our Heavenly Father. We thank you, Father, that you love us and you care for us. We thank you above all, Father, that you gave your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be the Savior of the world. We thank you, Lord, that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood to redeem us. And Father, I want to pray for these men that are standing before you right now. Men who are committing, Lord, to serve you however you want to use them. They are abandoning themselves to you, Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that in the days ahead, you will make it clear to them, Lord, how they are to take this forward. Father, thank you for these faithful men. Use them in your service to your praise, honor, and glory. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.